the number one advice I give someone when they're starting out their own company or getting in, in the entrepreneur world is you need to go sell. That is the first priority of a new business owner is figure out what your product is and go get in the marketplace, go try and sell it. That's how you're going to confirm if it's a quality product, if it's something that people actually want and the viability of your, of your company. If you can't sell it, then should you really have a company? If no one wants your product or service, then you've, you found out before you put a lot of money in it. If people start buying it, well, now you have revenue coming in that you can use to fund other stuff. So the key thing to get your business off the ground is to generate revenue. So go sell, sell, sell. That's Army veteran Kevin Snow from Time on Target, Growth Mode Podcast, and Success Champion Networking. Coming up next, a veteran on the move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Navy Federal Credit Union helps you take control of your finances after the holidays. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. All right, we're talking with Army veteran Kevin Snow from Time on Target and Growth Mode Podcast, also Success Champion Networking. So, Kevin, uh, just uh, had Donnie on the show a couple episodes ago. Uh, you and him are working together with a lot of things, so uh, doing a lot of good things. Uh, do you want to hear what you did in the Army? So take us back. Tell us about what you did in the Army. So I'm actually still in. I'm with the Minnesota National Guard currently. Uh, I am a captain. I'm on uh, brigade staff right now. So I actually joined up late. I joined the Army. I enlisted when I was 34. <laughs> so, yeah, I was I was a late joiner. Um, I actually talked to the, all the recruiters when I was in high school, but I wasn't like a real um, – conscientious student back then. <laughs> so they're like, they wouldn't give me the job I wanted. So I was like, all right, F you, I'm, I'm going to go to college and wrestle. And I did that. And then, uh, after nine 11, and it would have been like 2007, I was at the point of, cause every, every few years I'd go back and say, I'd look and I like, I should, I do this. Should I not do it? And I would just keep putting it off. And I was at the point where well, I either need to go do it and make the decision or be, okay with not joining and then being able to having to look back the rest of my life and say, you didn't do it and you wanted to. So I, I joined I, me and my best friend at the time, we enlisted in the uh, army uh, with, through the Minnesota national guard uh, at the ripe old age of 34 uh, went off to basic training at Fort Sill. Uh, we were not even the oldest people in our training platoons. Really? Cause that was, yeah, that was right during the surge. Yeah. So everyone was being taken. So we were like median age well, there was like, I had two 42 year olds in my platoon. Holy cow. So, what is the age limit? Is there one? Uh, at that time it was 42. <laughs> when some so, guys are retiring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, and it was funny because all the older guys, you know, the, the 17, 18 year olds were the oddballs in the platoon. But we all were, all of us that were a little older had already learned that skill about how you stand still and don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, but then you had those 17 year olds who were just completely incapable of doing that. So yeah, I, I joined at 34, got done with basic training, came back to Minnesota, started officer candidate school, uh, got commissioned and then went to uh, armor battalion as a staff officer. And, uh, I've been doing army stuff, uh, ever since. So 17 years in now, or actually let's see 16 and a half years in. Wow. So usually I like, I try to ask like, okay, as you got out of the army, what'd you go do in the civilian world? But they're like, I got to flip that around and say, okay, as you left the civilian world and transitioned into the army, holy cow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what were you doing before? What, what things were you involved in leading up to the army? We, we work in, in uh, corporate America and ultimately how'd you get into this entrepreneurial game? So in college, I actually went to school. I'm supposed to be a high school agriculture teacher and coaching wrestling. So that's that's what I went to school for. And uh, obviously, I'm not doing that. I had two job offers when I got out of college. One was teaching, doing what I went to school for. Uh, and that one was going to pay like $19,000 a year. And the other job offer was from a nationwide long distance company uh, doing Fortune 500 sales and client support. And that base was 39,000 plus bonuses and commission. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I have bills. I got to now pay for a, a place to live and I got school loans and I, and I need a car. I'm like, I guess I'm going to go into sales. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I moved to Minnesota and took the job with the uh, long distance carrier. And that's how I got into the sales thing. That job was horrible. Uh, it, I, it ended within a year just cause I had no clue about the sales thing or how to do the, you know, that business world thing. Uh, and, but then my next job was with Nextel. Remember the walkie talkie phones? Oh yeah. They, they were a lot. This is right. Yeah. Beep. Boop -a yep. Boop -beep. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. They were awesome. I loved them. Um, but they were launching. That was right when they were launching. So I got a job with their sales team in Minneapolis. And that's where I really figured out the sales thing. And I went from struggling sales guy who couldn't close the deal to being one of the top 3% of the Nextel reps in the country. Really? Yeah. Cause I figured out, cause I'm an, I am a total introvert. I am, I can go out and social and people with people, but then I need to recharge. I, I, you know, I like, I'm going to go home and like, you know, read a book, watch TV and just not be around people. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I can go people more. So I had to learn how to sell as an introvert. Cause I couldn't do the normal sales thing mm -hmm. like high D's or high eyes, your extroverts where you can power close and, you know, do all those really horrible sales tactics. Yeah. You know, I needed to find a better way. So I figured out for introverts, our superpower is our ability to question and ask questions and listen, and then really figure out what's going on. Yeah. So, so, so one of your talking points, I mean, you're on, I, I want to ask the question because yeah. is what are your talking points? I was really curious about because I view myself as somewhat of an introvert also. Um, introverts can be the best salespeople. And you're already starting to answer that question, but I wanted yeah. to ask the question first. Yeah, the, the, reason, the reason is because we don't try to get to the close. You know, with your extroverts, they're all in it. They're really in it for the kill. Mm -hmm. They want to get the yes. They want to get that close and move on to the next thing. We're in it because we're 
we're interested. We want to learn stuff. We're all about the details. I'm that person. I want to know why things work, how they work. Uh, you know, I want to know all the details and it makes salespeople that are trying to sell to me just annoys them because I keep asking questions that really <laughs> don't matter in this whole scheme of selling the product, mm-hmm. but they're things that I want to know because that's my personality. That allowed me to, when I go in and selling technology and the next cell phones to clients, I could get past the price thing and all those basic commodity objections and really dive into, well, how's their business working? What can we do to actually help you run your business better? How do we actually help you generate revenue? You know, when I sold a phone, you know, the average revenue per unit at that point for cell phones was about 50 bucks a month. And all the major carriers are basically fighting. We could save you $25 a month. We could save you this, you know, we'll give you free phones. I was going in and finding out, Hey, our GPS and our, our apps, we can actually help you add one or two jobs a day. We can help you cut your, your travel time between jobs. We can do all these different things for you because I was asking them really deep questions. My average revenue per phone was 150 bucks. because they'd have to buy the voice plan, the data plan, and then the, the app. But I could show them an ROI of thousands of dollars a month over what the initially spent because I asked questions. I threw out the whole, you know, when you go and get a new sales job, they always give you, here's your pitch deck. It's a three week binder. It's got all these pages. You flip through it and here's what you need to say. Yeah. Once I figured out the questioning thing, I got rid of the binder. I stopped using that and I made the sales call all about the client and it was all of them telling their story and talking to me and me being able to really find out what their pain was mm-hmm. and, and then be able to position. What if we can do this for you? Would that be beneficial? Oh my God. Yes. That'd be awesome. Sweet. Let's talk more. And that's how I did the sales thing. And that's how I've been doing sales ever since. And that, and it's that ability to, ask all the questions and really get into that and be, you know, it's almost like for an introvert, when you're asking those questions, they're answering, you know, we're sitting on the edge of the seat because we want the answer. We're really excited to learn. Mm -hmm. And it's that type of engagement that makes introverts so powerful at sales. Yeah. Cause they say, usually when you ask somebody what their pain points are, the first two or three answers they give you are surface level or more like symptoms, not really what's causing the pain. It takes a while takes a conversation to get down to, and you have to know how to get down into it, find out what exactly. the real pain point is. Yeah, exactly. One of, when I started time on target, one of the first things I did was create kind of, you know, the framework for what the culture of the company was going to be. Cause I have had plans to really grow the business into a, you know, a firm with multiple employees doing all kinds of stuff. And the first thing I set up for what I called my immutable laws was, you know, we dive deep, so that we can touch bottom. And that whole concept was we need to ask the hard questions. We can't just take that initial answer and say, all right, well, this is it. No, we need to keep asking. We need to you know, figure out what the underlying symptoms are and underlying reasons for what they're seeing is mm-hmm. so we can actually fix the real problem and not just do a Band-Aid that is going to fall off. They're going to need to fix again in a few months. So that, that questioning piece has been like the cornerstone for how I sell for, you know, almost 20 years now. Yeah. And I, I think ultimately a lot of sales programs try to get you to that point of doing that, but <clears throat> it gets, 
it gets so you know lost in the sauce, so to speak. Um, well, and, and then once you've been in the industry so long, and I catch myself doing this every once in a while too, is I would try and take shortcuts. I would assume <laughs> that I knew what was going on with the client. I know what your problems are because I talked to the last guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've I've sold 10, 10 businesses like you in the last two months. I know what your issues are. Well, no, I don't because they're different. You know, mm-hmm. same industry, same general issues, but you know the power is them saying it and then being able to verbalize it and then being able to have that conversation about it instead of me putting the words in their mouth. So I would always have to go back and check myself and say, all right, you've got to ask the questions. You've got to have the conversations. Even if you think, you know, stuff, they know it better because it's actually their business. Yeah. That's interesting. And, and even if you know exactly what they're going to say and you know, all the right questions to ask, you still just got to go through the process and let them yeah. arrive at the answer themselves. Cause that way they're bought into it. Exactly. And it's really, it's, you know, it's almost cathartic for the business owner to be able to have those discussions. Cause one of the things Donnie and I have found is we're working with business owners around the country is that a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs don't surround themselves with other entrepreneurs that they can have owner to owner conversations with, and they can have those, well, this is going on and and I'm frustrated and I don't know what to do. So by as a sales guy going in and having that level conversation where we get to actually talk about their issues and dive deep into them and develop a solution together Mm -hmm. is really powerful for that business owner to have that type of relationship. A lot of my clients, when I was selling to, because we built that relationship, we hung out, we went and did stuff. We'd go to football games. We'd go to the bar. We'd have conversations as peers, not just as vendor and client. And that was really important to growing my book of business. But I think it was also really important for my clients, for them to be able to grow their business. Cause they now had that sounding board. Mm-hmm. All right. Wait, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Every year the holidays come around. I think back to 2007 when I was in Iraq for the holiday season. I'd like to give a big shout out to those of you serving away from your families this year. Know that we're all thinking of you. Now that the holidays are over and we get back to work, as the bills start arriving from all of our holiday shopping, remember that Navy Federal can help you get back on track. You can get a low intro APR on their Platinum credit card. It's their lowest rate card and it's a great tool to pay down debt. Navy Federal even has multiple savings and investment options to help you get closer to your financial goals. With Navy Federal, You can automate your savings and investing to put your money to work for you, even as you sleep. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Messages and data rates may apply. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment options are available through Navy Federal Investment Services and are not insured by NCUA. All right, back talking with uh, Kevin Snow, Army veteran, Minnesota National Guard, joined at age 34. That's, that's, that's incredible. And you weren't even the youngest one in basic training. Yeah. That's, it was like the old man platoon, right? All, all my peers right now in the national guard that are like my age that I, that I hang out with and talk to are all like full bird colonels. And I'm like, I'm like, God damn it. I should have joined at 17. I'd be a colonel. I'd be getting ready to retire. This would be freaking awesome. Nope. I'm getting ready to be a major and I have time left. I'm like, damn. No, that's funny. All right. Well, um, okay. So up what we've been talking about up to this point is mostly your sales career and how you really figured out sales uh, early on. So how did you end up, how'd you end up, where did the idea for starting your own business or how did you 
arrive at owning your own company and transitioning from being a full-time sales guy? So it was, it was kind of accidental. Actually, there was no like grand plan that, Ooh, I have this really cool product or the service I want to do. And I'm going to build a company. It literally just had, was out of necessity. I was, while I was doing the Nextel stuff, uh, I was also a member of a networking organization uh, and I became a president of a chapter. And then they asked me to uh, be a director with them and actually help support other chapters and work with members, which was cool. I had never done any like business coaching or anything. So uh, it was cool. That was my first experience working with other business owners. So I started doing that and I, they found I was really good at launching chapters. Mm. So I ended up uh, going up through the ranks through that organization and I'd be launching chapters really quickly and really large groups. So other regions started calling me and saying, Hey, can you teach our team how to launch chapters like you do? Uh, and we'll pay you. I'm like, really? You'll, you'll give me money to come teach your team. Yeah. We'll fly you out and we'll do a, like a, give you a day you can teach. We'll, you know, we'll do some stuff and like, yeah. All right, cool. So that's how time on target got born because I needed a place to take payments because people wanted me to teach them how to launch networking groups, which was, was cool. So I, I did that. And then I started teaching and doing workshops at business organizations. So chambers would have me come in and do workshops for their members, uh, different uh, sales organizations. So I come in, I teach networking and sales. It's pretty cool. Yeah. A lot of fun. Uh, and then I deployed. <laughs> So I ended up going in over to uh, Kuwait for a year. We were there during the drawdown. So our battalion was uh, leaving Kuwait, going through K-crossing and then hitting every corner of Iraq. So we got to see the entire country. Mm. Uh, and during that time, I got to go to Afghanistan for a month. So I got to see that for a bit. But then I came back and I was like, oh, crap, I don't have any speaking gigs and I have nothing in my pipeline fuck, I'm screwed. <laughs> so, uh, what do I do now? Yeah. Uh, so we, I had took the, I had the, you know, the, the transition time from active duty to where I had to, uh, actually start working and doing stuff again. Cause of, you know, you're deployed, you, you get to save up a lot of money. So I was like, I took a you know, month or two and just tried to figure out what I wanted to do. And that's where I did the big pivot from speaking as the product you know, I really learned I just created a job. Mm -hmm. I was the product. And if I'm not there, my company fails. Yeah. So we, did, I did a big transition from me being the product to the, that speaking and the, you know, the podcast appearances and all this stuff was the business development activity mm -hmm. and the consulting and me actually going into businesses to help them launch teams and fix sales teams was the product. It was the mm -hmm. service. And that's how time on target got born. Uh, you know, we did the rebrand, we did all new stuff, new website. And I started doing all the things I thought a CEO needed to do to build a company, you know, building a website, making a culture deck, doing marketing stuff. Yep. And I really quickly discovered that that's not what you do. <laughs> you know, I need to go sell stuff or I'm not going to have money and I'm, there's going to be issues. So yeah. Uh, for time on target, we just kept really uh, evolving and we started out doing the whole, here's how you launch a sales team building, you know, how teaching people how to interview, helping them write job descriptions. Here's how you train all that stuff. And now we've really niched down into really just focusing on, Hey, here's how you sell and here's how your clients buy 
and making sure that it all lines up and you're using your technology correctly to do that. So we're really just focused on the little piece of the sales program now. And that automation piece is, is really a, why I met uh, my new business partner, Donnie. Mm-hmm. So I've figured out really quick how to prospect in Facebook without being slimy. You know, we're, if you ever post in a business group that you have a question or something, you immediately are getting DMS with, Ooh, let's, let's set up a time to meet and we can help you. And it's all people pitching and it's gross. Yeah. So I learned that if you are in a group and people ask questions, answer the questions and start conversations mm-hmm. and give them all the information, give them answers. And you're going to get people sliding into your DM saying, Hey, I saw what you posted about this. Can we meet? I, I have, I have lots of questions. So my calendar is filling up by just sharing everything I knew about email marketing and automation. Huh. So in, in one of our, one of the veterans groups I was in, uh, this guy named Donnie Bovine uh, posted about how frustrated he was with MailChimp. And how he had broken it and he had no idea what to do and how to fix it. Yeah. And, and just, you know, like clockwork, everyone is, Hey, you know, let's set up a time to call and, you know, and we can fix it for you. And, you know, and just, you know, like sharks to blood. <laughs> Literally yeah. what it was, I was like, you see that it was all like the time. Yeah. eating frenzy. Well, I went in and dropped like 12 paragraphs of stuff. Like, all right, so here's all the stuff you need to do. And just gave him all the answers. And like within minutes, he was in my DM saying, all right, can we do a Zoom call? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I jumped on Zoom with him. And I like, first thing I said was like, all right, I don't do do MailChimp. We use a completely different service for all of our clients, but I can still give you a ton of information. Mm -hmm. So I answered all his questions, told him what he needed to do, how to do it, things to look for, blah, blah, blah. Basically gave him a do-it-yourself guide. And he was like, awesome. And he went off and started doing it himself. And he wasn't my target client at the time. So I didn't care that we didn't sell anything. Uh It was just a cool conversation. He was a nice guy. A few months later, he'd broken everything again. (laughs) So (laughs) he he messaged me again. He's like, all right, I I just need to hire you. I know you don't do MailChimp. We'll switch to whatever you want us to use, but I can't do this anymore. (laughs) And he came back and now we're business partners. Three years later, after working with him, we've launched a podcast together. I'm now his chief operations uh, officer for his entire brand. And we're partners for Success Champion Networking. And we've launched 40 some networking groups across the country. Mm-hmm. And now we're launching in Canada and Ireland. You know, what's funny is uh, I know of an exact scenario that, that was like that. Uh, actually, Air Force veteran uh, Anthony Tran I did some work with him in the very beginning of my podcast years ago. He used to teach people social media marketing. And what he found real quick was he, he would teach people and train people how to do it. And they quickly be like, you know what? I don't want to do it. Can I just hire you and have you do it? <laughs> he, he would, he would give them all the information they needed, not yeah. trying to be, you know, standoffish about, well, hire me and I'll teach you. It was just, Oh, I'll give you all the information you ever need. Uh, you know, what? I'm just going to hire you. And that, that tactic, that sounds like way too much work. Can you just do it for me? Yeah. Well, and it, he didn't go into it. Yep. He didn't go into it with that angle, like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to try to teach them and then they're going to hire yeah. me. He had no idea that was going to happen. It became a pivot for him. So eventually he had to pivot to doing social media marketing for people instead of <laughs> teaching people social media. Yep. He did it for him. And he had no idea that was going to be the pivot when he went to it, but it turns out that's exactly what people, they just wanted it 
done for them. They didn't want to learn it. You know? Yeah. I tell all my clients when we're working on content for either email automation, sales automation programs, lead bags, I'm like, give away the secret sauce. Mm-hmm. Teach people, you know, give them all the stuff so they, if they can do it themselves, awesome. Cause they're going to go try it and it's not going to work. They're going to, you know, business owners, we don't have time to do everything ourselves. Never will. So, but let them, let them figure it out. Let them go and do it and say, all right, yeah, I totally can't do this either because I, I suck at it or I just don't have time. Mm-hmm. This is not a good use of my time because then they're going to come back to you. The person who actually told them and taught them stuff to do it for them because they already trust you. And, and that's so huge. It's, you know, the people that try and make it mysterious and try and be standoffish with their content, you know, it's never a really good open relationship that they form with their clients. I would much rather give people a ton of information, let them learn something and be really excited that they learned it and then be able to go be successful than to not share something and, and have someone fail. You know, I'm not in business to help other companies fail. I'm in business because I want them to be successful. Uh, You know, if they spend money with me, awesome. But if they don't spend money with me, I still want them to be good at what they do. Yeah. um, The way I heard it it put in the past was give away 90% of the information for free and they'll hire you for the last 10%. Yep. This is really more like feel free to give a hundred percent of the information away because they're not going to want to do it themselves. They're going to come back and have you do it for them anyways. Yeah. I've had numerous clients who I'll teach how to do something. I will talk and we'll actually help them design out what a campaign should look like. And then they'll come back a, a couple months later and say, all right, so I tried doing it. It's not working right. I don't know what's wrong. I really don't have time to figure this out. Can you just do it? I'm like, yes, totally. Here's, here's my rates. Yeah. Perfect. Let's go. Uh, but they get that chance to learn. And now they know more about what's going on in their business than if they just hired someone and said, all right, you go handle it. Mm-hmm. And you know, really Donnie, the like, people that are Donnie, coming to you, you know, the people that are coming to you and saying, I'm just going to hire you to do it. They're actually doing the right thing as a business owner, because that they're, they're, they're building a team. Yep. They're building a business it's not relying on them to run it every day. So these people that have figured out, you know, I just need to have experts do these kind of things for me. I don't need to become an expert in marketing. I don't necessarily need to become an expert in sales. If that's not my gig, I'm bringing in the experts to do that kind of stuff. So the people that ultimately come to you, probably the people that have figured out, you know, if they're a one man show or a solopreneur, that kind of small business owner, I need people uh, surrounding me that are much more technically proficient at things than I am. Yeah. I like the, when I was doing the consulting and going into companies and uh, tech firms and helping them launch a sales team, uh, I always, I always described them as being self-aware <laughs> that <laughs> they knew they weren't an expert in sales and they, they knew they didn't have that skill set yep. and they didn't want to risk failing. They wanted to have a higher degree of success early, but for, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that get into entrepreneurship because they want to build something and they want to figure out the stuff and it is a, it is a journey for them. So letting them have the knowledge so they can figure out and say, yeah, this isn't a good use of my time is a good learning uh, exercise for a lot of entrepreneurs, especially new ones. Mm -hmm. A lot of the ones that will just make the decision early on already had the experience previously of trying to do it all Mm -hmm. and failing. 
you know, most entrepreneurs go through multiple companies before they hit, find the one that's going to be that ultimate success. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, so, so I wanted to dig in real deep here with, so time on, we got time on target growth mode podcast and success champion networking. So yep. dig into the details of each one of those real quick um, and tell us exactly what you're doing with the three of them, how they integrate with each other. So time on target is, is my company. It was all about helping businesses figure out how to sell more effectively mm-hmm. and how to figure out how their clients make purchasing decisions. We're really focused around the process development and then helping them integrate tech. So we do a ton of sales and marketing automation, email automation, uh, SMS, uh, CRMs, you know, any kind of that sales technology stuff, we can make it all talk together and flow. So it's a good experience for everyone involved. Uh, and you know, that's fun because it gives, I love it. Cause I get to see all these different companies and how they sell and how they do product rollouts and help them come up with really cool solutions. So it's a, uh, it's a way for me as an introvert to continue learning and, and doing cool new things and figuring out what's the newest stuff out there. Uh, Success Champion Networking came about in 2020. So in April of 2020, Donnie and I were throwing this big event called the Badass Business Summit uh, live uh, live event in uh, Fort Worth. We had like 20 speakers flying in. There were going to be 150 people in the room for this event. And uh, we got locked down. Donnie was literally in a meeting with the hotel doing some final planning stuff for it. When they got a call from the city saying, you have to cancel all your live events. And if they're, you know, if you hold any of these events, uh, people that are attending are going to get arrested. Cause it was, it was right at the beginning of COVID. Of COVID. Yeah. So literally everything shut down. Uh, so Donnie was in the room and this, this hotel conference center basically got told you're out of business. Mm. And he asked them and said, what are you guys going to do? And they didn't have a clue. And he came back from that meeting and called me and, and we started talking about this and we came to the realization that, you know, there's going to be a lot of small businesses having the same thing. And we needed to figure out how we could help them get through into the online world. Cause Donnie had been doing online sales for a while for his business. I'd been doing it for time on target, but all these other businesses had no clue but we didn't know what the answer was. So St. Patrick's day at four fourteen in the morning, Donnie messaged me on Facebook and said, I had an idea. <laughs> we need to start virtual networking groups. What do you think? Well, like any normal person at four fourteen in the morning, I'm sleeping. So I did not answer him. <laughs> and so at, at like six 30, he messaged me again. He's like, all right. So obviously my ID sucked. Cause you didn't answer it. Uh, Cause you didn't reply. I'm like, no, I was sleeping. I haven't even had coffee yet. I'm not ready for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was a great idea. Uh, so I had no plans after I left the other networking organization. I had no plans of ever doing this type of stuff again. But a week later, we launched our first chapter and it was all virtual. So our meetings every week are on Zoom. Every chapter has their own Zoom room. Uh, And it's all focused on helping companies scale. 
And it's, you know, we wanted to definitely do the networking piece where people were able to get referrals and pass referrals and grow their, their pipeline. But one of the big things I saw with the other organizations that people would regularly leave because they couldn't handle the referrals they were getting because they didn't know how to scale their business. You know, these are entrepreneurs who had started something because they were really good at what they did or they loved it. And they thought, you know, I'm going to go out on my own and do this thing. Well, they didn't know how to had how to add employees. They didn't know how to automate things. They didn't know how to outsource. You know, they had no clue about how to do any of this stuff. So instead of trying to figure it out, they're like, well, I just got to quit the networking thing and I'm going to go keep doing my business. We didn't want that to be a thing. So success champion networking is all focused around how do we keep our members learning and pushing their business knowledge forward so that they can actually scale their company as their network grows and getting people in rooms with other people that are of that same mindset of, Hey, I want to grow my business. I want to not be a mom and pop. I want to have employees. I want to have a business that has impact in my community. And so that they can all grow and scale together. So we really are, our, our meetings, our weekly meetings are almost uh, like little mini masterminds. No kidding. So, That's awesome. Yes. So we went from, you know, launching a couple chapters in Fort Worth to launching a chapter in DC and then launching in Atlanta. And now we have 42 chapters going around the country and we have our first chapter in Canada in the process of launching. And now we have someone in Ireland is like, yeah, I want one. We need to bring this here. Awesome. So, and it's growing. It's because we're changing how the world networks. You know, networking has had this business, business networking has this horrible stereotype because of all the, you know, specific meetings people have gone to where it's a bunch of people in a room pitching each other, trying to sell to each other. And then someone stands up and does a speech about how this old gray guy started their business a hundred years ago. (laughs) And they don't actually do anything that helps their businesses actually grow. Yeah. And we want to get rid of all that. We wanted it to all be about, you know, how do we have engagement between the members at all the meetings? So it's not just a couple people talking, everyone's involved in the meeting. How do we make sure that, you know, they're learning and growing and it's, you know, they're building community. Our, our members have started calling the organization or the family. It, it's like the mob. <laughs> it's like, nice. you know, we, you know, we gotta do, we do business with the family and it, it's awesome. And, we get together, we still do the summit every September and we have 150 people show up that are all members of the organization. And it's this giant party. They're all there's the energy in the room is unbelievable. Yeah. That's awesome. So well, how do we, how do we get more information on success champion networking? Easiest way is to go to our website, www.successchampionnetworking.com. Uh, and you can click find a chapter and you can see everywhere we have chapters going right now. We're going to have some new states opening up. South Carolina is coming on board. Uh, we have a bunch more stuff going in Colorado, Minnesota. I'm finally going to have a chapter here. So, you know, a lot of cool things are happening. Awesome. Well, hey, Kevin, we're getting close to our time. I want to give you the last word. If you're talking to somebody that's in the military, somebody who just got out, uh, some form of transition one way or another, or a military spouse, they think they really want to run their own show, they want to start their own business, get into this entrepreneurial game, what kind of advice comes to mind? 
the number one advice I give someone when they're starting out their own company or getting in, in the entrepreneur world is you need to go sell. That is the first priority of a new business owner is figure out what your product is and go get in the marketplace, go try and sell it. That's how you're going to confirm if it's a quality product, if it's something that people actually want and the viability of your, of your company. If you can't sell it, then should you really have a company? If no one wants your product or service, then you've, you found out before you put a lot of money in it. If people start buying it, well, now you have revenue coming in that you can use to fund other stuff. So the key thing to get your business off the ground is to generate revenue. So go sell, sell, sell. Awesome. Sage advice, Kevin. All right. Well, unfortunately we're about out of time. So uh, we're going to wrap this up. Um, thanks for showing, sharing all your information. Phenomenal story. Um, and you know, look forward to seeing your future success. Hey, thanks for having me. It was an awesome conversation. All right. We are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike. <laughs>